Well, good morning, Life Fellowship. How are you all this morning? Did you come in anticipation of hearing a good message? I'll tell you, that's the way I'm every Saturday night. I'm like, man, I hope tomorrow is really good. And I wake up Sunday morning, I'm going to church, I hope it's good, you know. You don't want to get a boring sermon, amen? So you all pray while I'm preaching, especially if it starts getting boring, like, Lord, help the man, you know. <clears throat> but I'm going to share with you a message this morning about how God brought joy into my life. I grew up uh, as a young man uh, at, on a farm, and that is the beginning of sorrow, okay? When I was about eight years old, my dad's like, well, you're about old enough to start working, you know, and you can feed the calves, you can feed the heifers, and uh, you can feed the cows, and so every morning at six o'clock, my mother would holler up the stairway of that old farmhouse, Kenny, get up, it's time to do the chores. I'm like, oh, I got to get up and do chores, you know, and I grew up in Buffalo, New York, all right? We have two seasons, winter and the 4th of July, you know, that's, <laughs> and uh, so I get up, and I'm like, oh, it's cold, and I'd have to put on my farm, you know, clothes to go out and work, and I'd feed the cows, and stupid cows, you know, I don't know why I gotta grow up on a farm, and then, you know, I'd come in and get changed for school, <laughs> school, you know, I hate school, I'm stupid, you know, so I have to go to school, and the teacher's like, Kenny, I don't, because I'm stupid, you know, I, I'm not a good student, and then, you know, uh, and so that went on for years, and then you get home for school, and go out and feed the cows again, you know, oh, cows, and come in, do your homework, oh, homework, you know, and go to bed so you can get up and do the same thing tomorrow. I'm like, oh, I hate life, I hate life, and, you know, then I got to high school, and, and uh, I love athletics, but I, but I wasn't good at it, so I'm depressed about that, you know, and that was the only the only one I could excel in was cross country. Who invented this sport? Let's run for three miles in total pain in the forest with no spectators. <laughs> you know, like so. Then after school, like go to cross country practice. Oh, 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 you know, never had a girlfriend. You know. I'd ask a girl, I love you, do you love me? Yes, no, check the box, you know, and no, you know. <laughs> no girlfriends, I'm not good at athlete, I'm not smart, I hate work, and, you know, I went on like that, but then I got saved at the age of 15, but I was still depressed, you know. <laughs> I'm glad my sins are gone, I'm going to heaven, but oh, this in-between time, you know. And uh, I went off to, God called me to be a pastor. I went to Bible college and, and uh, you know, I asked a few more girls out. Yes, no, check, no, you know, and, you know, rejection through that. And uh, then I finally found a wonderful wife and praise God for that. But I was still depressed, you know. I thought maybe getting a wife would help everything. No, you know, now I got to be a good husband, you know. And now I get kids, I got to be a good father, you know, and. Oh, and then I became a pastor, and I, I don't have to feed the cows, I have to feed the sheep, you know, and, and I get up in the morning, oh, you know, I got to go study the sermon, and I got to you know, visit people, and, you know, I was, my, my wife would be like, I just wish you were happy, you know, I'm like, yeah, well, I remember one time, the neighbor lady, when 
she uh, turned 30 and her husband gave her a turning 30 party and she was so depressed, you know, like, why would you give me a turning 30 party? And uh, she came to me, I was 33 at the time. She goes, man, how did you handle turning 30? I'm like, oh, I was so happy. She goes, why? I said, I'm closer to being dead, you know. <clears throat> My salvation is nearer than when I first believed. I just want to get out of here. And I'll tell you what, I was struggling. I, I was about seven years into being a pastor, and I was like, I hate this. I, it's so hard, and people call you up. I don't like you. You're a bad pastor. I'm like, oh, you know. And I was just, I was agonizing. And one day I was like, dear God, I can't take it anymore. I'd rather go back. I remember one summer I worked in a factory, and I was like, oh, that was the greatest job. You just stood there and did the same thing every day, and at 3.30 you were done. You said, leave me alone. You go home, and nobody bothers you. They give you a paycheck. I was like, I don't want any pressure. I'm sick of the pressure. I was so depressed. And I said, God, if you can't help me to heal my depression, then I'm getting out of the ministry. I'm just going to go off on my own and do what I want to do because I can't handle the pressure. I'm always depressed. Everything is just bad news to me. Some of you are like that. You're like, man, I, that's kind of me. Well, can I share with you this morning how the Lord healed me of depression? Now, it wasn't an instant like, you know, and I was over it. You know, sometimes, I, I mean, even as a pastor, I remember saying, dear Lord, please help me not to be depressed, you know. What was I expecting? Like, you know, like, I'll just give you a little joyful Holy Spirit, because the fruit of the Spirit is joy, you know. Like, I'm healed, you know. No, you know what? It was about like a two-year process. You, some of you are, like, depressed about hearing that, Okay. But I, I want to just share with you the scriptures that God gave me that healed my depression, okay? I want you to know I wake up every day now and I'm like, dear God, thank you for my life. I want to live. I enjoy my life. You're like, man, how did it happen? Well, let me take, give you my journey, okay? So in, uh, we're not, we're not going to go to uh, James until the very end of the message, but I want to take you through a journey through the book of Proverbs, okay? So would you turn to Proverbs chapter 15 this morning? And if you're taking notes, I want you to, the first one is, the title is How to Heal a Broken Spirit, okay? How to Heal a Broken Spirit. What I found by, by studying the scriptures, and, and I, I did pray, I said, God, you got to help me get over my depression because I'm just miserable, and God did help me. But he didn't help me in the way I thought he was going to help me. I was looking for an instant boom, and I'm done with it, okay? But the Bible says in Romans 12, we are transformed by what? The renewing of our minds. You see, I had a whole rotten mindset, a rut that I had followed my whole life, and God had to change that, okay? God had to, I, he transformed me by the renewing of my mind as I took the scriptures into my life and meditated on them. And that's why it takes a, a long period, okay? You be, because some of us were just like, you know, I just, I, I'm this way every day and, and uh, you know, I, no, you have to like flush out the way you used to think and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what I did is, is I, I was praying and I thought uh, for a Sunday night series that I was uh, doing, I, this is when I was a pastor, I said, 
I'd like to do a series, what's the difference between the Holy Spirit and the human spirit? Because you read about both, and sometimes I'm like, well, which one is it talking about? So I went on this crusade to look at the human spirit. And I found this verse in chapter 15 of the Proverbs, which talks a lot about the human spirit, okay? Now let me say this. The word depression was not really become part of our English language until about the late 1800s, early uh, 1900s, because uh, the, so the Bible doesn't really deal a lot with the word depression. And so as I studied the Bible, I think what I determined what the Bible used to use as uh, what we would call depression, it called it the broken spirit or the crushed spirit, okay? The human spirit. So let's look at chapter 15. And uh, the first point I want to talk about is where does a broken spirit come from? Where does depression come from? Chapter 15, verse 13. A glad heart makes a cheerful face. You, you meet people with glad hearts. You know, do you ever get mad at the people that are always smiling? I remember my, my wife is like that. She's only been depressed about three days in her whole life. And I'm serious, okay? She'd make me so mad. Why are you, you know? And I remember this one lady in our church one time, she came up to her Sunday morning, just stomped up to her and looked her in the face and said, you make me so sick, you're always so happy. And then she stomped away, you know, and I was like, oh. I looked at my wife, you're, are you okay? She goes, oh, you know her, you know. <laughs> my wife just bounces off. She's always, she always has a glad heart and makes a cheerful count. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken or crushed. By sorrow of the heart. You know what? Some of us have not had very good experiences in life. For me, it was being on the farm, but it was not just that. Now, I want to, my, my father's in heaven. He's in heaven with Jesus, and he's so happy now. But I'll tell you, when he was young, and you're trying to keep the farm going, and trying to keep the family fed, and he was very intense. And, uh, and he, and boy, he wanted me to be a good worker, so he put a lot of pressure on me. And uh, I'm not the kind of person that can take pressure. Some people, you know, you, like on a sports team, they'll be like, well, you're no good. And, the, and the, the, the athletic player will be like, I'll show you. I'll go out there, you know. You can motivate some people that way. It doesn't work on me, okay? And my dad was very hard on me. Disclaimer, I love my dad, I have forgiven my dad, but when I was young, I could never do anything right. I remember, you know, like I said, about eight years old, he's like, get on that tractor, you know, I can use you. And so I'm sitting on the tractor, you know, and, you know, back it up, you know, and it's crooked. How can I hook up this rake when it's crooked? <laughs> It's still crooked. Don't you have a brain in your head for crying out loud? I'll show you how to back up a tractor. And I'm eight years old, like, uh, you know. And I'm not trying to be an evil tractor backer upper, you know, like, ha, 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 I'll show you, you know. I mean, this poor little eight-year-old kid, man, I'm being wounded. And, and uh, you know, then he'd be like, now go rake the field. He says, now I want you to take the first windrow and put it on top of the second windrow, and then turn the tractor around and put the second windrow back on the first one and then continue around the field that way. Do you understand what I said? I'm like, what's a windrow? <laughs> you don't know what... Yeah, I know what a windrow is. I go to the 
and I'd do it wrong. He'd come down and be like, ah, 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 I'm like, I don't think I did it right, you know? And <laughs> I'd get there, he's like, what in the world did you do? The other guy's wearing a windrows are. And I'm like, mm, I'm sorry, you know? You are the most worthless piece of junk, you know? And you never do anything right. You're so stupid and I'm, You'll never amount to anything. My dad would tell me that over and over again. Again, I've forgiven him. It was a wounding of my spirit, my sorrow of the heart. I was like always trying to please my dad. I couldn't do it. The cows would get out. I'm going to chase the cows towards you, and you make them go into the barnyard. It's like a stampede of 35 milk cows, you know. I'm like... <laughs> I just get out of the way and they run. What are you doing? I'm like, well, they, 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 they were going to trample me. No, they're afraid of you. They didn't look afraid to me, you know. <laughs> now I got to round them up again. And my dad was always angry with me. Could never please him. He loved a clean barn. I remember trying to clean a barn one day before he got back to the barn, and I cleaned it, I mean, swept the barn floor, I'd cleaned out the water cups in the milking parlor, and had it all. My dad comes in, and I say, Dad, come here, let me show you, and he, he walk around. He starts leaving, I'm like, well, what do you think? He says, well, why don't you do it every day? You're just lazy. And I'm like, oh. By sorrow of the heart, the spirit is crushed. The spirit is broken. And I think, now, again, I'm not mad at my dad. I forgive my dad. He was a good dad, but as I was studying this, I think, God, I think that's where my spirit was crushed. And of course, junior high doesn't help any. I remember a girl coming up, why are you so ugly? Well, in Sunday school, they told me God made me this way, you know. And that wasn't much of a help, you know. And Well, I'll tell you what, junior high is pretty tough on you, too. And some of you are like, yes, I had a horrible experience in junior high, and maybe your spirit was crushed, or maybe, you know, who knows what it was. Maybe it was a terrible boss that just ripped you and cut you down. In verse 4 of chapter 15, it says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Oh, I wish my dad had a gentle tongue. But perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Yeah, I think my dad, you'll never amount to anything. You're worthless. I, I should send you in the house. I get more work done without you being out here. And oh, I just hear. I remember when it was Saturday, you know, most kids were happy the weekend. I was like, oh no, I got to work all day Saturday with my dad on the farm, and I know I'll never do anything right. And I just, I was sick to my stomach, and I had to go out and work with my dad all day because I never did anything right, and I just got ripped on and beat down. And, of course, you know, trying to do sports, and you didn't do it right, and the coach is like, Rudolph, what's wrong with you? I'm just not very athletic. I tell you, you just get that. It beats you down. By sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Some of you have had disappointments. I, you know, pick your poison. And some of us, we have that broken spirit. And so, well, secondly, number two, so we know where a broken spirit comes from, sorrow of the heart, you know, perverseness of words. Turn to chapter 17. I, I thought this was very interesting. And you can put for point number two, 
What does a broken spirit do to you? What does a broken spirit do to you? All right. Chapter 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. Boy, isn't that true? Amen? Man, I'll tell you, I, 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 I live with my son uh, and his family over in uh, uh, the Cary, New York, North Carolina area, and, and uh, we live with them, and he built an, a house with an apartment, and we get together at night, we sit about eight of us, you know, he's got four kids, we'll sit around the table, and we just tell stories, and we laugh, and, and I, I, I look at my grandkids, I said, I think this is good medicine for them. You know, laughter is good medicine. A merry heart does good like medicine. But, look at the last part, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I'll tell you, I, I remember growing up never having any energy. And, you know, I never felt like, I want to go out and feed the cows. I want to go to school and work on my, you know, I want to learn history. I want to learn, everything was always like, oh, got to do this you know get up it's time to, oh you know I remember even in cross country you know I'm always like oh you know yeah, the, the race is on I gotta I gotta run for three miles oh. why because I never had any energy I think a broken spirit affects you physically that's why some of you never want to get out of bed in the morning maybe you're dealing with a broken spirit and you don't know that's what is the cause of your depression. You're always like, oh. My wife, she'd be like, hey, we got a class party tonight, you know, Sunday school. I'm like, oh, I gotta go. You know, I'd get there and I'd have a good time, but the, the energy to get up and go and do it, I, I just want to sit and watch TV, you know. Just, you know, I'm done with work. Boy, when I was a pastor and work didn't end at five o'clock, it was really, really hard. And, you know, people would call you like, hey, pastor, I'm like, I don't want to deal with a problem right now. Leave me alone. There was never any dried up bones. Never have, you know, did you ever go to a ba uh, you know, uh, basketball game and, you know, there's got opposing teams on each side and the cheerleaders get up there. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? And they point at the other. And this other team hasn't won a game all season, you know, and they're like, Shut up, we have no spirit, you know. <laughs> we got dried up bones, you know. And we just don't have... A... Well, so, that's one of the things it can do. It can sap you of your energy. Verse chapter 18, here's another thing that a broken spirit does to us. How does it affect us? Chapter 18, verse 14. A man's spirit will endure sickness or weakness... But a crushed spirit, who can bear? A crushed spirit, who can bear? That means who can bear up under pressure when you have a broken spirit? You, you have no energy. Not only, you know, are, are, are you, you know, you just never feel like doing anything. You have dried up bones, but you also, when the pressure comes, you give up. You're not a fighter. You're not competitive. You don't love life. You don't wake up like, God, life is hard, but man, we're going to get it by the grace of God. Amen? You're like, no. I, I, again, my experience in cross country, I was halfway decent because nobody wanted to go out and run in pain like that. And so I would go out. I wasn't fast, but I could endure. And so I'd, I'd run. But I would get in. I would kind of put it in a, a gear, and I'd stay right there, okay? 
In other words, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do any more. Don't put any pressure on me. Now, I remember one time the coach, he's got his stopwatch, and I'm running by him. He says, Ken, you got to catch the next two guys or we lose. I'm like, I guess we lose. <laughs> he was expecting me to be like, oh, really? All right. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'll go catch him. I'm like, no, I heard already. I'm not going after those guys. I had no competitiveness. I was not competitive. I didn't care. I couldn't bear. Don't put pressure on me to catch the neck. I can't bear up under it because I have a broken spirit. I remember even one time there was a guy ahead of me. You know, the, our course at college, I even ran in college. And the, our course in college, the last part was through the woods. And then you'd break out onto the, uh, there was two uh, soccer field and a softball field you'd run across. And the, all the fans would line up in the last 200 yards and they'd be cheering you on. And so as you came out of the woods, man, that's when the people are going to expect you to catch if there's a... Anyways, I'm in the woods. This guy's about two or three yards ahead of me. I'm like, you know what? If we come out of that woods, they're going to be screaming and cheering and want me to pass this guy. And I do not want to... I don't want that pressure. I slowed down so that guy could get ahead of me. And we come out of the woods, he's about, you know, 20 yards ahead, and they're like, oh, well, Ken, hey, you can't get, I can't catch him, you know, I'll just finish strong, I'll just finish strong, you know. You're like, wow, you were a mess, I was a mess. Man, you become a pastor, and you get pressure. And after a while, I can't handle this, God, either you got to give me joy, or I'm getting out of this, you got to heal my depression. I, I, I wake up every morning. I would just, every morning I wake up in this blues would just, oh, oh, this darkness would overcome my life. Oh, I got to get up and do this and do this. Now you say, yeah, but you're a Christian. Yeah, I knew I was going to heaven, but I didn't like the in-between time. I didn't love life. And so I said, God, you got to help me because I had a broke, I couldn't bear up under pressure. I had no energy. Well, number three, how important is it to have a good spirit, all right? Well, let's go back to chapter 18 and look at verse 14 again. A man's spirit will endure his weakness. The spirit of a man will help him endure his weakness. Now, the word that's used uh, in the King James is uh, his infirmities. Now, sometimes we, we look at that word infirmity, we think, oh, it means sickness. You know, like, well, go to the infirmary because you're sick. But it really means it because your body is weak, okay? So I really believe this means a man's spirit will endure his weaknesses, okay? Now, one of my weaknesses, I think, I was born with a very mild spirit, okay? I, was, I wasn't even born with a... Some people are born with a competitive spirit. Some people are born with a very strong spirit. My wife is that way. Man, she just... Like I say, she gets up, she's like... She has a list of things she wants to do today, and she burns through it. And I'm sitting in my chair like, I'm depressed. And I, oh, you know, I got to do this. And then uh, she just gets it done. And she's like, I, she says, I've never had depression. I don't understand you. I think God gave her to me so I could just concentrate on me, and I wouldn't have to, you know, she wasn't coming to me like, I'm depressed. I'm like, well, you shoot me, I'll shoot you, you know. <laughs> 
So God's like, I'm going to give you a nice wife that's very, has a strong spirit, so she'll be okay. But can you have a weak spirit? All right. You know, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul says, the apostle says, so, so you see your calling, brethren, that not many of you that are strong are called. I think he's talking about a strong spirit. Not many very wise, not very many noble. And man, I took a good look at myself. I'm like, I'm one of those people that give up all the time. I'm not strong in spirit. I'm not very wise. I'm not noble. And God's like, yeah, that's why I saved you so that no man can glory in my presence, but you're going to be a glory to me when you overcome these things and become strong in spirit. Amen? I think it's important to have a strong spirit to get through life, especially as the world gets crazier and crazier. Is the world getting crazy, folks? Amen? And we can either wilt up and, and shrivel up and just say, I'm done. Lord Jesus, come. Yeah, I want to see the Lord come. But I, I think God wants us to have a strong spirit. The spirit of a man will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, you can't bear up under it. I remember a guy I ran cross country with in college. Man, he had a strong spirit. In fact, I named my first son after him because I'm like, I want my kid to be like him and not me. He was so competitive. I remember when we took Greek class together, and, uh, you know, I could, you know, it was so hard in Greek class, and, and uh, so we're, we're, we're like, oh, let's all go to bed, and we'll just live on the curb, you know, maybe we'll, and not him, man, this guy, his name was Chris, and he, he, he stayed up all night, and the morning we wake up, and he, his hair is all sticking up, and his eyes are bloodshot, and we're like, good morning. He goes, I got it. I understand it. I stayed up all night to study. I'm like, are you nuts? Me, I'm like, oh, I have no energy to study. And so anyways, that's the way Chris was. And I remember he would, I mean, he was just so competitive to, 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 to win a race. And uh, one time I remember we stopped, uh, we ran out in the country and we waited for the rest of the team to catch up so we could run back together. And we're standing there out in the country and there's a, an electric fence to keep the cows in the pasture. And he goes, hey, I'll bet you I can hold that electric fence longer than any of you guys. I'm like, well, I'm not touching it. I, I grew up on a farm. I know what that's like, you know, to get shocked. He goes, come on. Who? He finally got a guy and they grabbed this electric fence staring at each other until one of them fell on the ground. And Chris is there, I won. I'm like, how, how do you have such a strong, you are crazy. He was just so competitive. Later on, he graduated from college, went on, got his master's degree, and then he applied uh, to the universe, uh, Ohio State University, and he says, you know, I want to get a doctorate. And they tested him. This is when they started doing tests. They said, they, they told him, he says, we're not going to accept you. You have a severe learning disability. He says, yeah, but I got straight A's in college and my, my post-grad work, you know, and, and, or my graduate work. And, and they're like, well, we don't know how you did it. And uh, because the spirit of man will sustain him in his weakness. He says, well, put me on probation. Give me a chance. He went through the doctoral program with straight A's with a severe learning disability. How is that possible? Because he had a spirit, a competitive spirit. He's one of the godliest guys I ever knew. And some of us are like, I would love to live like that. I would love to be able to conquer my weaknesses. I wish I had joy in my life like that. I wish I could wake up and say, I'm happy and I have joy. Well, number four, how do you heal a broken spirit? 
Because as I looked at it, I'm like, yes, I want a spirit like that. I want to be able to, to bear up under the pressure. I want to have energy when I wake up in the morning. I want to be a joyful person. Well, let's turn to chapter 16 of Proverbs. Chapter 16. I'm going to give you a few verses that I meditated on that changed my life. It healed my broken spirit. Number four, how do you heal a broken spirit? Chapter 16, verse 32. <clears throat> it says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. Now, folks, do you believe this is the Word of God? Amen? Okay, now, being a pastor, I had reached that conclusion, and I believe that the Bible is true. And I read this verse, and he who rules his spirit is greater than a man who could conquer a city. Wow, he who rules his spirit. I was like, well, I have a broken spirit. I don't rule it. You know what? My broken spirit has control of me. I'll give you another verse in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. You can just write this down and look at it later. It says, he who has no rule over his spirit is like a city whose walls are broken down. In other words, back in those days, if a city had no walls, anybody could come in and conquer them. And that's what I was. Every circumstance, everybody look at me, every circumstance conquered me. I did not, I did not rule my spirit. I'd wake up, and if it was a day like today, raining out, I'd be like, oh, it's raining out, no sun, it's gray. Do you know how many times I try to move to Florida? I was like, if I just lived in Florida with sunshine, I'd be happy. And then I found out the suicide rate's really high in Florida. And I was like, how could that be? They have sunshine. I didn't love the north because it was cloudy and then snow and you got to shovel snow and I'd wake up oh oh, oh just and, or uh, you know my boss when when I when I worked for, for somebody and they'd be like we want you to do this oh I don't want to do that I just let every circumstance rule my spirit and I started realizing that bible says there's men who rule their spirit. A man who rules the spirit. I'm like, whoa, the Holy Spirit hit me. It must be possible. Amen? You know what? I think some of us, listen to me, and I know you're not going to like this. I think some of us love to be, live as victims all our life. I know Ben told me he went to a seminar one time, and Pastor Ben, and, and he says, Dad, he says, I went to the seminar, and I said, you know the new thing that's going on in America? is the victim is the hero. The victim, because they get all the attention. Oh, you poor you. No wonder, Ken, you're depressed. Your father called you stupid. Oh, poor little guy. Why don't you just stay there? Just keep hating your dad the rest of your life because you're a victim. You can't be a victor. Just No, I'll tell you what. If we're born-again believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. And the Holy Spirit can help us to take the scriptures and say, this is true, and I'm going to act on it. And I started saying, well, if this is, if this is in the, the, the Word of God who talks about someone who can rule his spirit, then by the Spirit of God, because I'm born again, I think I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind 
I think I can start ruling my spirit. In other words, I can choose joy. Yeah, but you don't know me. You don't know what happened to me. It's worse than everything you talked about. I can't. Oh, now let's go to our scripture in James. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, I can't do that. No, I can't. You see, my case is different. I can't rule my spirit. I'm not going to believe I can change. You see, I think some of us love to stay in that victimization because that becomes our identity. You see, I'm depressed because I have to be depressed because this is what happened to me. And, and everybody's like, oh, poor you, poor you. Oh, see, I get attention. I get love when I tell them how, how horrible my life was. Instead of saying, well, yeah, that's the way it was, but guess what? God saved me. I think God put me in that house with a father who was a little hard on me, broke my spirit. I think he let girls break my spirit, call me ugly. I think he let coaches break my spirit. I think God let me be beat down because guess what? I've been a youth speaker for 35 years. I've traveled to camps. I've done over 300 weeks of summer camp for senior hires. And guess what? Most of them are dealing with a broken spirit. I got the answer. Amen. Jesus Christ can save you and he can change your life and he gives you the Holy Spirit. And you also have a father, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I think you can rule your spirit and count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Amen. And someone's like, no, no, I don't. Or you're kind of proud of like, no, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, you just can't make yourself happy. I was counseling somebody one time, and I tell them, and they're, they're looking at me like, well, you just can't make yourself happy. I'm like, well, the Bible says so. It doesn't say rely upon your circumstances because you can count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He says, and he, he says, because when you learn to persevere through it, it'll, it'll have its perfect work, its completed work. You'll be complete, entire, lacking nothing. But you've got to persevere. And that's why I had to meditate on these verses. I can rule my spirit. I started waking up every morning. I'd wake up, same thing. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm going to rule my spirit today because I have the Holy Spirit in me and I can obey the Word of God. And I was like, man, I, no. I used to, do you ever get depressed because you have to take a shower? Yeah, that's how weak I was. I was like, oh, I got to turn on the shower and regulate the heat and, and they get wet and soap up and and then I got to dry off, and oh, it's just so hard. That's how depressed I was. I dropped the bar of soap. I'm like, oh, I think I got enough suds to finish up. I don't want to have to bend down and pick that up. I'm just, oh, no energy, broken spirit. Yeah, I was at, I'd, be, I'd wake up, I'm going to take a shower, I'm going to do it with joy. And then I'm, this thought would come up, oh, I have a deacon's meeting tonight. Ah! You know, like, by the grace of God, I'm going to get through it, and I'm going to choose joy, even if it is a trial. Amen? I'll tell you, I started obeying the Word of God. There's another verse, and uh, I, I didn't tell the folks back there, they can find it. Colossians 3.21. Colossians 3.21, if you want to 
put that in your notes. This was a really helpful one for me. All right. Colossians 3.21. This helped me so much because of my experience with my father. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged or depressed. Fathers, don't irritate, don't provoke them, or, or you'll break the spirit of your children. They'll become depressed. It's actually the word without soul. Fathers, don't beat on your children. Don't keep you know, harassing them. Now, they need to be corrected, but sometimes, like my dad, he just rode me all the time. You're lazy. You're no good. You won't amount to anything. If you're going to live that way, I'll tell you what, you're going to be, and uh, it just all the time, you're no good, you're worth, and I just, it just broke my spirit. And I remember showing God that verse. That, God, I think that's what my dad did. You know, he, he irritated me with his words, and he, and he called me stupid, and, then, and, he, and he did break my spirit. He discouraged me. He depressed me. God's like, okay, well, that's over. You're 32 years old. And he said, guess what? I'm your father. Amen? So if the perfect father in the perfect word of God is instructing us, don't depress your children. Don't irritate them with bad words. He says, if I'm instructing earthly fathers to do that, what would the perfect heavenly father never do to you? Oh, God, you'd never irritate me. You would never provoke me. You see, this comes back to, like, we like to stay in our victimization. You know, like, oh, I'm always, this is what happened. And God's like, okay, well, that did happen to you. Now I'm your father. And I remember taking this verse and saying, that means God inherited me with a broken spirit. That He's probably doing everything in his power to lift me up. He's going to do something today to heal me from that. Amen? Because he's a good father. He's going to encourage me. He's going to give me words of affirmation. He's not going to keep beating me down. I'm already broken. He's probably trying to heal that broken spirit. And so I'd wake up every morning, and I'd be like, okay, sit on the edge of my bed. Get out of here, you, you, you know, black spirit that's around me, this depressed spirit. I'm going to rule my spirit. I'm going to count it all joy in my trials. I am going to choose joy. And then I'd say, whoa, I would have hope. Ben talked about hope a couple messages ago. He says, hope is what we need. Here is my hope. God is my father. He is doing something today to heal me because he's a good father. He knows how broken I am. He's given me medicine through the scriptures and the Holy Spirit to believe as we're to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. God is doing something today. I don't know what it is, but he's going to heal me. Woohoo! And so I lived with that hope every day. I wonder what God's going to do today to encourage me. Oh, he's going to... And I'll tell you what, it took about two years of meditating on those scriptures, counting all joy. Yes, oh, I'm going to rule my spirit. I can rule my spirit. Oh, and I have a father who's fixing me. Woohoo! took me about two years, but after meditating on those and, and obeying them, one day I woke up and I was like, God, I, I love my life. I want to live. I want to live. 
God did it. I think the Lord sent me a little thing the other day. I was looking in Luke chapter 17, the ten lepers, as Jesus was passing through a village, they, they were far off because you couldn't get near when you had leprosy. And they said, Lord Jesus, would you heal us? He says, go show yourself to the priest. <laughs> and he walked away. You know, like, aren't you going to touch me or something? Like, you know, take it away. Go show the priest. It says, and as they went, they were healed. Folks, as you leave today, you will be healed as you start meditating on the scriptures. You may not feel that joy instantly. They, they were not healed instantly, but as they obeyed and went to the priest, as they went on their way, they were healed. And as you go on your way and believe what the scriptures say, Take the scriptures, meditate on it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind because the word of God is powerful. Amen? And it can change us. Oh, I pray that you will choose joy. It might not be instantly, but may God give you the grace to take these scriptures and be healed of your broken spirit. Let's pray. Father, I know some of us, we walk in great sorrow day by day. By sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. But Father, Jesus came to die for our sins. He came to die for all the people who sinned against us. And Father, because we, we were saved by the blood of Christ and cleansed through the word of God, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Father, I pray that you send these people out. And as they obey, as they go, they would be healed. As they take your scriptures and believe that sooner or later, they will be healed, and they will be people of joy, a joyful spirit. Oh, God, use us as your church to go into a broken world and change the world by your word through the Holy Spirit and through the blood of Christ and what he did on the cross and through his resurrection. Father, I pray resurrection victory in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.